Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi there. Before we talk to Buzz, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays at BobSeska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands, Or if you're getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping. And by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thank you for shopping through our Amazon link. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I, I had a talk with Merv Griffin and asked him about Resorts International, where I worked the first time. I said, how'd you buy a piece of shit like this? He said, Donald Trump got me involved. I said, why did you buy He got me into a bidding thing and I had to win. I said, but you never were such a dumb fuck before. Well, why did you listen to him? He says he has a way. I said, what's he like? He said, you never met him? I said, no, which I met him last night at your party for the first time. But now, Mr. Trump, I didn't say this. Merv said, I said, what is he like? He said, well, you know, he was born Siamese twins. I said, no kidding. He said, yeah, joined at the hip. No, he said, they were joined at the penis. And he said, and in the separation, both twins died and the prick lived. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. <laughs> the Bob Seska Show. <laughs> the great Buddy Hackett. Way ahead of the curve on Donald Trump. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 5, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's the greatest damn soap ever. Hey, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 1020 of the Trump crisis. Day 43 of the impeachment of Donald Trump. 363 days until the 2020 presidential election. Less than a year, goddammit. And if you're not voting today, you better get out and vote, especially if you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Kentucky, etc. Meanwhile, let's bring in our friend Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. So I said to the flight attendant, <laughs> uh, but I I said, uh, but I don't know how to land a plane. And, and here we are. Oh man, it was it was a little difficult yes. getting on the air today. Wasn't a little it? bit, yes, yes, yes. God oh, damn it! Anyway, did you have a? It's great to be here. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, did you have a good Halloween? Bob? I did. I did. It was great. Anything <laughs> special? <laughs> no, it was completely quiet. We didn't have a single trick or treater, but that's okay. I oh, like sorry, it that way. Oh, we had we had some great. Ones. Mine were great. Uh, great ones at my house. Great costumes this year. Uh, one woman came to the door, and I thought she was like a real witch, and. <laughs> It turns out it was just Kellyanne Conway. So. <laughs> awesome. I've seen that coming. Uh, man, I, the, and then also this past weekend, the switch to daylight savings time, it was harder uh, out of daylight savings time. It was harder than usual this year. Uh, and I'm starting to think it's too much to ask of people to uh, make them turn their clocks back to Watergate. That seems <laughs> too far. God damn it. Oh, my. Are you are you all are you all right? Went down the wrong pipe there for a second there. Uh, and, and Trump Trump got both a cheers and booze at a UFC fight Saturday night. <laughs> yes. In other news, the president was at a UFC fight Saturday night. I don't know why. I don't. I don't. It was second time second time in six days he was booed at a sporting event, and those are the only two sporting events he's attended since becoming president. Uh, he's going to try a golf tournament next because in golf, uh, people have to whisper their boos. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> these are these are tense times, Bob. They, people they are, are on edge. 
People are on edge. Democrats say they will not rest until they've impeached Secretary of State Sean Hannity. It's up next. I'm telling you. Uh, public service reminder uh, before we go. Uh, with Thanksgiving coming later than usual this year, there are just 21 shopping days left till impeachment. It always sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Get out there and get to it. Also in the news this week, uh, Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, released over 400 nonviolent offenders from prison. Uh, they did that yesterday. They, it turns out they needed the space uh, for the Trump administration. That's, yes. We wish them all good luck with that. Amazing. Did I mention how hard it was to get on the air today? Did yes, I we had a little bit of trouble with our ISDN <laughs> feed that connects uh, me here in the, the nation's capital to you there in Florida. But we finally, thank God, and it only took uh, like Gilligan pedaling on his bamboo bicycle really, really damn fast and some duct tape and some paper clips. Apple has been good stock to own. I mean, if you invested in <laughs> Apple, you you got a great deal. Yeah. My advice is sell now. Just, <laughs> I mean, just based on my experiences today. Right, right. You might want to uh, sell that off. Google Chrome, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it is, as I said before, election day today in a bunch of different states, lots of local elections, too. These are just as big. I think they're just as important as the presidential Vital. elections and the national elections. Vital. Yeah, yeah, especially if you've got the uh, the state-level ones going on. I mean, in Virginia, we're talking about uh, the possibility of gaining a, a majority enough to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment in uh, Virginia. That's a pretty big deal. If we can take control of the state legislature, I think we're like, what, one vote down, two votes down away from taking control of that body right uh you know and so with with that comes all kinds of myriad great things and i I hope i hope we can do it and good luck especially to carl frisch who is uh obviously from the stephanie miller show universe of characters (laughs) suddenly i'm talking about the stephanie miller show like it's it's a marvel movie marvel yeah Yeah, exactly so carl frisch is running for school board in fairfax county so we wish him the very very best today and if i lived in fairfax county still i would vote for him but i don't anymore so he's gonna have to accept my my psychological vote i'm just kind of sending that vote vibe over the river down to uh, fairfax county so republicans got control of government not just at the national level they don't just control the senate and the presidency and the Supreme Court. Yeah. No, no, no. They they own uh, states. They own counties. Yes, they, they do. Own cities. Yeah. And uh, so the fight to change the color of the country from red to blue uh, has to start at the local level. And mm-hmm. I hope people uh, either got out to vote today or in whatever time is remaining uh, upon hearing this show that they're, they're able to do so because these local elections are, as Bob just said, every bit as important as the presidential race. Well, not only are we talking about with cases like Carl Frisch and school boards from coast to coast, those, to me, uh, as I said before, super-duper important, mainly because not only do they control curriculum, but the one thing that we've been seeing a lot, especially over the last uh, 24, 48 hours since that uh, New York Times poll dropped, is that non-college-educated people, people with the least amount of education, in this case, I think it uh, signals one thing. We need to work on the school board level of things. We need to reset. Yeah. We need to restart all the things that have been meddled with over the last 40, 50 years when the Republican movement, the, the conservative movement, started to take over governments from the, the grassroots level. But, I mean, in those state legislatures and those school boards from coast to coast, we're talking about the most nefarious shit that's happening. That's where many maybe most politicians get their starts. Yeah. So uh, the the nutcases and the good people who serve on school boards today uh, can be expected to be the nutcases and the good people <laughs> who serve in Congress tomorrow. Right. So it, it, th- that, that makes the race important. And also, we've talked before about, I have certainly, about the importance of education in keeping us out of this political place that we find ourselves in right now. Mm -hmm. If we had a better educated populace who understood the Constitution, the government, and the importance of voting and those sorts of things, we we would be a lot better off, and we're not getting it under the no-evolution sort of school boards that we're seeing pop up in Florida and Kansas and all over the country, anywhere 
anywhere there are red votes, and there are red votes just about everywhere. And, you know, I wrote in Salon today, and I'm not going to talk about necessarily the specifics of what I wrote about, because it's a lot of the same stuff I've been talking about on the podcast for years now, Buzz, which is that one of the main prongs of the Trump crisis is the fact that there are 60 million people, upwards of 40% of the American voting population, give or take, uh, who are completely fished in, who are completely brainwashed, who are completely on board with everything Donald Trump has to say. And that in and of itself would not be that way necessarily if we had a better educational system in this country, uh, you know, feeding right. people what is fact and what is reality and making them less likely to buy into the whimsical horseshit of uh, of Donald Trump and how I think, to tell the difference yeah. and how to think critically yes absolutely. exactly exactly well uh where do we start here in everything else that's <laughs> going on? has it how I was that's my first question to you it's, would be have you survived the avalanche so far this week I because yeah I, I'm trying to I'm digging my it, way through it if I may, I mean, it began on, I believe, Saturday when we got uh, this incredible drop of Robert Mueller documents that we had not seen before that right. revealed all kinds of, of terrible things. And uh, then, of course, uh, on Monday, uh, the beginning of the releasing of a testimony, closed-door testimony from the five weeks of hearings that have been conducted in this impeachment so far. Yeah, yeah. And so there's been a tremendous amount of material released for us to review and there's been a tremendous number of things we've learned from them you know one of the things going on today buzz is this is day one of the roger stone trial and there was all yes. kinds of chaos in there too some yes. guy yes. uh apparently just as they were going to recess i guess or maybe in the middle of what was going on in the courtroom some guy started screaming and then fell into a seizure so yes. it's it's normal. It's a circus. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> would, normal, would you yeah. expect? Would you expect anything less? I'm I'm looking forward. I'm hoping. I mean, I hope Rachel doesn't let us down tonight. Yeah. Because if anybody's going to have the court readout on what exactly happened today, it will be her, and it yeah. will be. Uh, uh, trust me, don't miss this one because it will be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, here's what I know so far. In addition to, if I can fill in a little bit of what you've just said. Uh, we know that at one point, Roger Stone got up and walked out of the courtroom sweating. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what wow. that means. I don't know if that means he was feeling the heat or if perhaps just the courtroom was warm. You know, it got warm in there because, as you said, a man in the back who had come in, and, and I love this detail because I love visual pictures. Yes. A, a man in the back who had stood outside for an hour waiting to get in mm. uh, at, wearing a, a trench coat and a brimmed hat. <laughs> a trench coat. God. I'm picturing somebody tall and thin like from Spy vs. Spy in that <laughs> magazine. I'm, that's right. I'm picturing that's the brimmed hat and trench coat that I'm picturing now. <laughs> So uh, the man was either wearing it because of the weather or because he was perhaps trying not to be seen. Yeah. Uh, but he certainly was seen when, yes, he collapsed on the floor and began kicking the row of seats in front of him yeah. uh, in a seizure that, that he was Oh, having. my God. So what was it hot in there? What happened? Uh, were they speaking in tongues? I look forward to all of this tonight on uh, the Rachel Maddow show. They were messing with Google Chrome and trying to get their ISDN <laughs> to work. Oh that's what God, that's what happened. Yeah. I, you know, in fact, Buzz, I've got the sound of this guy collapsing around. Really? There he goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, you there. may. Yeah, just keep hitting that over and over again because there's apparently a lot of kicking uh, that went on in <laughs> so in the weird. seizure. You know, it's like a church pew, a row of uh, seats, and and he was. Uh, because of the seizure, because his legs were kicking, he was, uh, I guess, extendedly <laughs> I kicking the back of those. Seats. I don't know, but it's uh, yeah. in, in yeah. keeping yeah. with the Roger Stone universe, so we got to do this. Yes. Rocky Mountain Mike. It's Roger Stone. Yeah, he's the one. It's Roger Stone. Oh, God. Roger Stone. No, we can't condone this Twilight Zone. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, about as wacky as I thought it would be. Yeah, did you expect anything less than a circus with the Roger Stone <laughs> part of this circus-like administration? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's more uh, festivities going on on the legal front. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But yes. one thing that I thought was pretty important that we need to emphasize here is that one year from right now, we're going to be in the wake yes. of the 2020 presidential election. And one of the key things that we need to, this is another reason we need to get the vote out next year on top of stopping the Trump crisis before it gets really bad. And I assure you, a second Trump Wait, term what? will be... It, it hasn't already? It hasn't already gotten really bad? <laughs> nah, well, I mean, Man. we've barely begun to see the damage that... Uh, imagine Donald I Trump know. without yes, having no, to run for re-election for anything. <laughs> imagine him right. untethered from electoral uh, boxing. Oh, yeah, in, you like, know what I mean? like he's tethered now. Really, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I believe I support what you're saying. It could get worse. Absolutely, yeah. I I would expect it to if allowed to continue. Uh, I I think that it would. But but really, uh, you know how to ease? It's already the aristocrats. You know, it's right. I don't know how you. Yeah. I don't know how you top this act. I wouldn't be surprised if he became the new Putin. Like, he appointed himself a position above the presidency. I you know I could go on and on about that. But the main thing about the uh, 2020 election on top of stopping Donald Trump and taking the Senate and all the rest of it is the Trump administration formally notified the UN this week that the U.S. is officially withdrawing from the Paris Climate Agreement. Now, that won't be finalized until the day after the presidential election in November 2020. Right. So right. now if a Democrat wins and it could be you know, obviously any of the uh, uh, four or five front runners right now could be that Democrat. And if that person wins and defeats Donald Trump in 2020, provided he doesn't uh, pull any shenanigans along those lines, we will be back in the, the reversal of our withdrawal right. from the Paris climate agreement will occur. The, we'll, we'll reinsert the day after. Those. Yeah. Right, the day after inauguration, yeah. The day after the inauguration, okay. The the day after the inauguration, then uh, a new president could uh, reverse course and uh, keep us in the Paris Climate Accord. Yeah. That is, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned this because... It's it's so it's it's important. It's it's the the existence of the earth is at stake here, and certainly we're included in that for now. Oh sure. So uh, there there is no really, uh, although right now our immediate focus is on this out of control president. Yeah. The really big story is in fact the climate mm-hmm. and. Uh, God, I hope we can get back to that as soon as we take care of this mess. And, you know, sometimes, Buzz, I feel like I'm a mad prophet just screaming about the real severity of the of the Trump you crisis. I, and you went you went as a mad prophet for Halloween, remember? <laughs> That's right. I wore a, a, a broad rimmed hat and an overcoat. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, I just raced back from the Roger Stone trial. So that was that was me. <laughs> um, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm constantly screaming about the severity of the Trump crisis. I feel like there are are quite a few of us who don't fully embrace how terrible and and bad that it is. And there is nothing more important to me than stopping the Trump crisis, than stopping this president, other than... The climate crisis. And then we just had a bunch of scientists, 11,000 scientists have come out uh, this week reemphasizing the utter insanity of continuing on on our current path toward this uh, uh, oblivion. I mean, the massive human suffering. That was one of the takeaways from this uh, uh, group of 11,000 scientists. And, And of course, there'll be one guy who says, nah, I don't think so. And then every Trumper will point to that one guy. Okay, so right. let, let's talk about uh, impeachment now. The House impeachment investigators have formally asked White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney to testify this week, which, <laughs> wh- what are the chances, Buzz, that Mick Mulvaney will actually show up on the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue and start talking? That's, yeah. that's the beauty of inviting him. Right. Uh, uh, here's, the, here's the method behind that madness. Uh, the, the House investigators are inviting their subpoena Mm-hmm. And uh, when those invitations and subpoenas are rebuked or ignored, uh, Adam Schiff has already said those will be noted item for item under the article of impeachment uh, known as obstruction of Congress. Yes. Um, uh, everything, everything the Trump administration does now, not that it wasn't all along, but everything now goes on its permanent record. Uh, and and this is they will have their chance to respond 
to this, but right now we're examining the evidence and, mm -hmm. uh, part of the evidence is this ongoing obstruction. No, I don't think Mulvaney will show with that. He may even try to defy a subpoena and, uh, th that may, but it, even if this goes to the Supreme court, it won't matter because, uh, the house can proceed with impeachment regardless. That's right. And, and the thing that, uh, we'll have to watch for when it comes to, uh, Mick Mulvaney and all of these characters is how many individual articles of impeachment are going to be constructed out of that or if there's going to be one single article of impeachment that uh is under the auspices of uh, obstruction of congress perhaps that'll be the uh overriding umbrella catch-all for for that article or each individual one and i love the idea of punishing donald trump himself for the things that he's ordering his his right. uh, underlings to yeah. not do right so that's exactly what they're doing and they yeah. may go after the individuals as well yeah. uh, because uh and I don't remember who said it. It might have been Jim Himes of the Intelligence Committee. Let's say it was him. Yeah. Uh, he said that uh, they're at the point now where they're ready to start issuing fines and jail sentences for those who defy the subpoenas. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know how much truth or momentum there is behind what I believe Representative Himes said. Yeah. But uh, that's certainly been said out loud, and, mm -hmm. and, and that counts for something. Uh, but yes, you're right. This is all holding the president accountable for these things. And uh, as I understand it, and I always forget, there is a third article of impeachment that's been proposed. But the main two are abuse of power and obstruction of justice. Yeah. Each one of those will have sub-articles, as it were. I, I don't even know the correct term for it. but uh, We'll go, we'll go has, with sub-articles. I think that Schiff, works. Yeah. Schiff has made it clear that under the singular... Uh, article of impeachment of obstruction of Congress will be a, a an itemized list of everybody who was wow. called to testify but didn't. And then yeah. they could be pursued individually, but as you said, uh, this is a way of, in a single document, holding the president accountable. And abuse of power can include not only the Ukraine scandal, but any number of other things. There's a third thing I'm forgetting. Oh, oh, oh the Emoluments Clause. That's the third yeah. article of impeachment. I always forget that one. It's the Emoluments Clause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so those, I, those are the three articles that are being developed behind the scenes as uh, the evidence falls into place and falls into that outline. And with the obstruction of Congress articles, the sub-articles, and I'm just going to go with that. I think that's a good way to describe Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. The, Copyright me. The political trick with all of this is it's going to force Republicans in the Senate to vote for or against things that they probably shouldn't be voting for or against or depending on the nature of the actual charge. So in yeah. the in the process of possibly rejecting the entire set of uh, obstruction articles, they could be rejecting articles that are unequivocal in their absolute guilt, things that will make the Republicans look bad for mm -hmm letting them go yeah for right, uh, right. rejecting everything categorically like that so they may be tempted this may be a way to box in certain republicans into voting for that article to vote to convict on that article just because they can't vote no on some of the things that are <laughs> In that uh, catch-all, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. No, they they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. Exactly. And, right. And, yeah. And th that's true on a lot of levels for them, uh, mm -hmm. including the facts and certainly with the constituents who yeah. support Trump. Because none of this is sold. You, you the people listening to the show, you and I, others, uh, we're up to speed on this. We know what's going on, and right. it's exciting and interesting and very, very vital to the salvation of this democracy. Most people are not aware. <laughs> Most people are just. They, I'm sorry, they just aren't. No. And uh, hopefully, I, it is my prediction. I've, I've almost started stating as fact that the public hearings will begin next week. And yeah. if you look at the calendar, they just about have to because we're talking <laughs> about two weeks. Mm. If the intention is, and the intention still is, to take an impeachment vote uh, before Thanksgiving, we're, uh, Congress is only they're, Congress is only going to be around for a couple of weeks. That's right. Uh, a after this week, they've only got a couple more weeks till the Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my understanding they hope to get this done by then. If the televised hearings start uh, at the start of next week, uh, then uh, there's two good weeks of hearing because uh, congressional investigators say they have already gathered everything they need yeah. to go ahead with this impeachment vote. What we have to do now 
is put it on television so that the people who aren't us <laughs> will know what's going on. <laughs> That's going to be key. Speed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's everything. It's yeah, everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, the Senate is already preparing for the impeachment trial, even as the investigation is still pushing forward yeah. on the House side. Yeah, uh, as best they can. Yeah. The House hasn't voted on uh, impeachment yet, of course. Uh, the Senate has already started making the necessary preparations for the trial, which is a significant bureaucratic and procedural heavy lifting job that they have to do here to get ready for all of this. Uh, the right. Senate and Supreme Supreme Court aides have been working together uh, to decide simple things like where Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts' office is going to be during the trial, mm -hmm. while others have been brushing up on the Federalist Papers and re-watching videos of the Clinton impeachment proceedings, which, by the way, if you remember, the Clinton uh, trial was very brief. It took place in January. They rushed it through. If they need to push it into the new year, I'm fine with that. I mean, they really have all the yeah. way up till beginning of February before the prime and caucuses begin so if they need <laughs> yeah. to continue in january well please go forward not that they need my permission but i i do hope that they uh yeah i mean i guess it could happen uh, i i don't expect that i really i'm really kind of thinking and from what i'm hearing and reading i'm th thinking thanksgiving a worst case scenario before christmas that i actually i think that the, the 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 vote the final vote on this will be uh, because there'll be a period of time where the president's lawyers can attempt to defend him. Yeah. But uh, the, I, I believe that they will take the full house impeachment vote just before the Christmas break. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but bear this in mind. Trump right. is already talking about shutting down the government to thwart the impeachment oh, process. Yeah. And this is going to be maybe the thing that pushes us into 2020 with the entire impeachment proceeding. Because, I mean, while members of Congress still get paid, I'm not sure in terms of how much business they can actually do. Because certainly if uh, staff, yeah, if if the staff has to go home, especially staff on the executive branch side of things ends up going home, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be able to get the documents and testimony that they want necessarily if there's no one there say at the state department under mike pompeo to hand over those documents to them they may be past that point uh, at, at that time they may uh, at that time have all the documents that they expect to get i uh, politically i don't see how this can work for trump it yeah. makes him look more guilty oh sure it makes him look more vengeful and not in a good way i don't think even his backers will be pleased about him shutting down the government yeah uh they they won't badmouth him for it but they won't be happy no uh and and certainly uh, independents will be angered uh, along with democrats so i just i don't see how this works for him i don't think it makes him look stronger to his base oh i'm going to shut down the government if you you know i just i don't think that's going to make any anybody happy right uh, and, and i just don't see how that could work for him politically and he too would be shorthanded in the event that he did that so yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Sure, he might. It sounds like him. It certainly sounds like something he'd say, and I know that he has. Uh, I just, I wonder if he'll follow through on this one or if this is another idle threat. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. That's what he sure. does. So, and yeah, uh, and this true. will certainly fit into that category. Fuck him. There was another instance of Trump making things worse for Trump, and it has to do with Lev Parnas. What Donald Trump did is he denied even knowing Lev Parnas, which made Lev Parnas inclined yeah. to cooperate with investigators. Trump <laughs> always makes things worse for Trump. Worse this for is, Trump. Yeah. again, he's always stepping on rakes one rake after another he doesn't know where to turn every every step that well, he takes it's another rake handle in his face and, and the questions this raises you know and yeah. I'll, I'll be talking about this again on thursday on my show uh lev and igor uh, they're like a team they're like uh, they're like you and me <laughs> yeah, on tuesdays they're the batman you know? villains all teamed up yeah. they, they are and but now but now <laughs> Uh, we have Igor has uh, signed up with Paul Manafort's lawyer <laughs> while, while Lev yeah. has decided to, uh, talk, you know, he's yeah. decided to spill his guts. So, uh, Lev and, uh, does this mean it's off between Lev and Igor? Are their <laughs> days over as a duo? Uh, you know, so it's a very exciting, uh, get a seat, get some popcorn and enjoy. That's right. It'll be like, uh, I don't know. It'd be like Cheech and Chong breaking up, wouldn't it? As long as Igor doesn't go on Nash Bridges, we'll be all right. <laughs> That's 
right. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? Holidays are coming up, and you know what that means, Buzz. Endless stress about what to pick up for all the guys on your list. And maybe your priority isn't guys, but say you do have guys on your list and you want to buy them something nice, uh, maybe an item of clothing. Well, what better gift to give a guy than a stylish shirt that fits them just right? Traditional button-down shirts look long and baggy because they were never meant to be worn tails out. And I love to wear all of my shirts tails out. Untucked shirts are specially designed to be worn untucked. We all know this. This is the shirt men have been looking for. Untucked is the original untucked button-down shirt. No tucking and no tailoring. Buying shirts, I gotta tell you, it used to make me insane because I have an unusual body type. I have really long monkey arms. And now, Problem solved thanks to Untucket. I love my Untucket shirts because they fit my body like a glove. Their shirts fit because they make one for every kind of guy, tall like me, short, slim, athletic, guys of every age. And the website to get that fit, it's so, so easy to use. Untucket shirts come in 50 different fits. They have mine. They have one for the guy in your life, too. Untucket has shirts in wrinkle-free fabrics along with super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. They even offer free shipping and free returns on all U.S. orders. And for the holidays, you can get 20% off your first purchase at Untuckit.com using the promo code BOBC. Don't put this off. Go now to Untuckit.com or visit one of the 50 Untuckit stores in the U.S. and Canada and try one for yourself. And if you want the perfect fitting shirt, no matter your size or shape, try the original Untucked shirt, Untuckit. And don't forget to use the promo code BOBC to get 20% off your first purchase at Untuckit.com. Thank you so much. The Bob Seska Show. Oh yeah, I love this so much. Okay, so you might recognize this song as being a Yes song. It is, but it's a cover of a Yes song. It's a cover of a Starship Trooper by Yes from the Yes album. This lineup, this is like a super group performing this. Not only do we have Paul Melanson, who is a, uh, a regular here on the uh, on the independent music front, and our indie Which music been which you've been pronouncing correctly. Yes, I have. I, I guessed accurately, strangely enough. Usually I don't, but this time I did. I think it's all the practice with the Russian names. Uh, yes. But not only is this Paul Melanson on lead vocals, but also Cersei Link on vocals and the instrumentation by a guy named Christian Nesmith. And if you're really? in music at all and you know the name Christian Nesmith, you know Christian Nesmith is the son, the oldest son of Monkey Mike Nesmith. Yes. Yeah, great, one of the, one of the favorite monkeys. So we actually have a uh, a child of a monkey here on the show this week. Again, along with Cersei Link and Paul Melanson, Starship Trooper by Yes. Link in the description for the music video. I, I tried to find a copy that you can actually purchase. I couldn't quite find one, but maybe I'll have to... Uh, Check in with Paul and Cersei and see if they can send me one. It's available wherever music is stolen. <laughs> That's right, on YouTube. It's the best place to steal your music. All right, so uh, moving along here with the show. I, I, I could by the way, to- by the way, in the words of Artie from uh, the Larry Sanders show, delightful. This is the best show we've ever done. <laughs> yes, it has been. And nothing's working. And so it's amazing that everything is uh, it's, turning it's out It's everything's so well. broken day. I tried to start that song out of the Untucket commercial, and I, you, you won't hear the uh, the glitch because I edited it out, but I, the, my buttons stopped working. So not only did we have an ISDN problem, but then the buttons stopped working, and, and so it's a typical typical I Tuesday. I hate, hate, hate when that happens. I know. Any, anyway, we're I think we're good. I think we can make it to the finish line now. I, I think we're all set. Yeah, we're more than halfway there, so I think we'll, uh, we'll be set. Uh, we'll, we can make it. I think we can do it. When you're going through hell, just keep going. Isn't that what Winston Churchill right. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of going through hell, I don't know. You, I assume you didn't watch Donald Trump's rally in Kentucky last night. No, no, that's, no, Bob. I have a life. That's okay. I don't. Uh, so I did. I watched the nightmare that was the rally last night. I didn't tweet about uh-huh. it. But uh, one of the things that stuck out to me 
was that Donald Trump has invented a new zinger for discussing health care. And the new oh, zinger is he wants to protect pre-existing physicians. Oh, no. oh, what a palooka. Yes. Oh, my God. He insists that he invented that. That's a brand new one that he invented. He also said, he also warned about the Democrats and their government takeover of health care, destroying, in fact, obliterating Medicare. Please. Yeah. Medicare based. It's the same thing that we've been hearing for so many years, Buzz, hasn't it? Yeah, it's the same thing we've been hearing, only dumber. (laughs) Get your goddamn government hands off my Medicare. They don't understand what Medicare is. Here's Donald Trump talking about pre-existing physicians and uh, and the government takeover of Medicare. Democrats are becoming more extreme and militant by the day. The Democrats' planned government takeover of healthcare would obliterate Medicare. What are they doing? What are they doing? I will always protect Medicare for our nation's seniors. It's going to be protected. What they're doing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Socialism. Donald Trump supports socialism. And we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. No, you won't. Nope. They're in court right now trying to get rid of them. Protect you with pre-existing physicians. How about that? It's like a joke, I see. First time I've ever said that. Just thought of that. I just thought of that. That joke. Because under that plan, you don't get your own doctor. You know what you get? Whatever the hell you get, that's what you get. Oh, great. Communist doctor. Fix me up, Doc. (laughs) You mean you want to work in my heart? Who are you, Doc? I don't think so. Well, yeah, okay. Is it it just me, or does tiny Trump get tinier every week? (laughs) And maybe maybe one week he just disappears. Who knows? (laughs) He'll get so teeny tiny, he'll enter the quantum realm, just like so, Ant-Man. Yeah. So tiny. Yeah, by the way, um, he was in Kentucky to stump for Matt Bevan, who's the governor of Kentucky. And Matt Bevan, and this is the reason why Donald Trump had to go to Kentucky, and t- on top of, you know, refueling his ego with his, his little teeny tiny delicate ego to match his teeny tiny face. Good joke. Yeah, he went there to uh, help Matt Bevan, because Matt Bevan is the least popular governor in America. 32% approval rating for, for Matt Bevan. Comparatively, Ralph Northam of Virginia, who somehow yes. a Democrat was able to make it to the governor's office without being able to accurately discuss abortion. I don't know how that actually happened, but uh-huh. okay. But Ralph Northam is at 42% approval comparatively right. to Matt Bevan. So Ralph Northam, 42 10% greater approval rating than Matt Bevan and Ralph Northam is kind of a disaster if you ask yeah. me. So, yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, Trump, over the weekend, Buzz, Trump was in Tupelo, Mississippi, where, <laughs> Jesus Christ, he said that the governor of Virginia, speaking of Ralph Northam, he said the governor of Virginia executed a baby. Sweet, merciful crap. This is something oh, yeah. that the president really yeah. said the, the governor of Virginia executed a baby. And it, I'm not paraphrasing he said that exactly. Here's a uh, here's another clip of Tiny Trump. Well, the governor of Virginia executed a baby. Remember that whole thing? Afterbirth. Just, I don't remember it. Some people never heard of it. Yeah. He said the baby is born, and then he starts talking to the mother. Nobody ever heard that. Yeah, nobody's ever heard that because a baby can't why. speak. He says the baby's born and then starts talking to the mother. Trump is crazy. <laughs> what that? I don't know what any of this means. Uh, yeah. But, uh, We're okay. fine. Everything's fine. We're assuming the baby has survived the execution and is now talking to the mother somehow. That is why I've asked Congress to prohibit extreme late-term abortion because Republicans believe that every child... Is a sacred gift from God. Right, and even if that means the death of the pregnant mother with that's bearing the child. Right. Because that's right. the only reason why anyone is choosing to have a late-term abortion because there is a literal threat to the life of the pregnant mother of that child. And that's right. it. I mean, that's what's so morbid and grisly about what they're saying here, because by banning late-term abortion categorically, irrespective of threats to the life of the pregnant mother, 
they're this. basically sentencing women to death who have things like preeclampsia or massive hemorrhaging or anything else due to right. uh, the existence of that pregnancy. And they'll be left with no options other than to do some sort of illegal back alley procedure. And you can only imagine late in a, a pregnancy that actually that occurring. Uh, in the, in those kind of conditions. It's just a, a horrible, horrible thing, all for the sake of terrifying and motivating the uh, the red hat base. And it's, this, this is the this is the distortion of reality that you've been writing about. One hundred percent. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, and you know, there was a time where I would have said, you know, you said, oh, they're going to distort reality, and I, I would have said, Bob, 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 that's a <laughs> like a kind of like a conspiracy theory. You might want to <laughs> dial it back a little bit. There was a time, Bob, I would have said that. This is not that time. I yeah. agree with you completely. And and. Uh, for comparison's sake, look at the conspiracy theories that have come out of uh, Trump and Manafort and Giuliani and, yep. and uh, Lev and Igor and, and all these folks uh, dwarf anything we might propose uh, at this juncture yep. uh, in, in terms of uh, their conspiracy theory-like nature. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the distortion of reality uh, and, and the people who follow Trump... Uh, accept this this change of reality and and so as you've written we we have these two realities now it's yeah. it's maddening yeah well the problem the damage that occurs with this president who can control all of these people by just telling them anything that he yanks anything. out of his unwiped asshole i mean the thing Hypnosis. is yeah, yeah i mean the thing is that he can tell them Anything now. They are fished in. Their brains have been so tenderized by Donald Trump that they will accept anything. And that means things like, I don't know, arresting Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi for right. attempting a coup against the president of the United States. Oh, did the Democrats, oh, they interfered with the 2016 election by conspiring with Ukraine to frame Russia. And now they're going to do it again. So maybe we need to cancel the election. Or if Trump loses the election, as I said before, what if he declares? himself to be this new position that's above the presidency or something like that they'll all go along with him because they have lost touch with objective empirical reality this is no longer a fight between left and right this is a fight between reality and fiction and that's what's right. so terrifying about everything that's going on around us is because Indeed. yeah because these people that whatever Donald Trump spews out whatever he ejaculates into the world they're going to say yeah, exactly right, President Trump. Please, more, more, more. Well, we can only hope that the impeachment and uh, history, uh, near history, uh, will uh, will discredit him. We'll, uh, we yeah. can only hope that it will. I, I know that a lot of those people are never going to go away, but but I think some of them will. And yeah. uh, uh, I, I think we can hope. Uh, that the impeachment process accomplishes some of that. Well, let's uh, let's change gears here, and uh, oh, we got to talk about Ukraine. If you have any doubt, it's gonna take him out, Ukraine. Okay, so uh, breaking news before we started the show. Uh, Ambassador Sondland has confirmed the quid pro quo in testimony. By the way, point of order, I think we should start referring to the quid pro quo as extortion instead of saying yeah, quid pro quo. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, yeah, you can use them interchangeably in this case, I think. Well, I mean, a quid pro quo can be done on the level. Uh, extortion, well, of course, there's no on-the-level version of extortion. Uh, and the Republicans, by the way, are beginning to embrace the idea of the existence of a quid pro quo. They're just going to say, well, it was a quid yeah. pro quo, but there was nothing wrong with that. So I'm thinking... It doesn't... Yeah. I'm thinking if we frame Sorry. it as an extortion, then uh, that pretty much eliminates any wiggle room. So if they have to adapt well, extortion at some point, they're going to have to adapt... The word, the the word has been used... The word has been used and it, it, by members of Congress and by myself in, in my own writing uh, yeah. about this, uh, and, and you, you certainly used it here, uh, because it's true. Uh, Republicans are arguing that the quid pro quo, uh, those who admit that it exists, and see, that's the great thing about it. Some are saying there was no quid pro quo. Others are saying, well, there was, but it does not rise to the level of impeachment. Yeah. Uh, and even those who say it might be illegal say, well, maybe it's illegal, but it, 
doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. Uh, so this is the game that, that we're going to be playing. But I think the the overwhelming, damning evidence will carry the day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it won't rise to impeachment until a Democrat does it. And then that Democrat will be, uh, I don't know, tarred, feathered, and hanged. <laughs> you know, Of that's, course, of yeah. course, because that's the way we roll, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, if for no other reason but for payback. And Donald Trump's already starting to talk about the payback thing, too. But but, but Gordo, Gordon Sondland, this weasel. Uh, Gordo. <laughs> He's this this rich this billionaire or millionaire from from Oregon, yeah. uh, who who serves at the pleasure, believe me, of uh, President Trump. Mm. Uh, he has now reversed his testimony, and he did that today. You know, like you just said, he admitted that that there was a quid pro quo. Yeah, and the reason he's reversed himself on that is because he got li- caught lying to Congress about it. He got <laughs> caught idiot. lying to Congress about it, and and now he's got a he's got a you know, try to save his ass. Yeah. And uh, that that's why he's up there reversing his testimony while he still has the chance. Yeah, per uh, CNN, he said it was clear the Trump-Zelensky meeting was conditioned on announcing investigations into 2016 and the Bidens. Well, yeah. There you go. That's well, big- and that plays in that plays into the Republican narrative. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's not an impeachable offense. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the other thing is, oh, yeah, we use pressure all the time to get another government. Well, we do, but not for our personal political campaigns. We mm-hmm. do it for the interest of U.S. national security. So we can play all this out on TV. Uh, it should be a pretty good show. And my prediction is it starts next week, and we'll see uh, We'll see what happens. I, I you know, I, There's certainly an opportunity here to sway uh, members, I think, even of the Republican Senate. Uh, we may not be as shy. You know, Jeff Flake uh, predicted that there are 30 or 35 votes to impeach wow. in, in, among Senate Republicans. Yeah. Uh, we only need 20. Uh, if, if let's say, Flake is way off on his estimate, uh, still, I think we might be closer to 20 than anybody realizes or, or to exceed it. And I think once this stuff gets put on television... And, of course, out in the public, the Trump voters aren't going to be swayed much by this initially. Maybe some of them will in time. We certainly hope that. Uh, Trump is losing and will have, by this time, lost independence completely in addition to having lost the Democrats. So uh, I think there's going to be enough momentum out there that uh, things may go better than we've tended to think that they would. Well, I have a question for you, and I I need an explanation on something that I am not understanding fully, and I haven't seen any responses along these lines. I haven't seen an explanation that I'm I'm disagreeing with. I'm just curious as to why this is, and here's the question. Uh, Everyone's saying that we shouldn't refer to the Zelensky call readout as a transcript but at the same time we're trying to emphasize the existence of the quid pro quo in that document which is the do us a favor though part of the exchange on top of the mentions of joe biden and hunter biden and the investigations therein and i've heard a bunch of people in fact charlie pierce was on stephanie miller this morning emphasizing the fact that it's not a transcript but doesn't that pulling back negate the ability to say, well, look at this one line. It says, do us a favor, though, and then it goes right into the javelin missiles. Um, or it's the javelin missiles first and then do us a favor, though. I can't square those two things because I want to yeah. believe that that exchange really happened in the call. But when we're saying it's not a transcript, did oh. it really happen? So maybe, well, maybe are, you could explain they're, they're- that. Well, first of all, there are witnesses to corroborate that it did, in fact, happen. Okay. There are multiple witnesses to that. So, but, but let's talk about what we call for shorthand. Again, it's it's this whole collusion uh, you know, <laughs> argument all over again. Right, right. It's, it's a semantic thing. Uh, it, it's it, We call it a transcript for short. It is more properly called a rough transcript. Okay. Here's how here's how it works uh, in this White House and in uh, the the Obama White House and then the Bush White House. When a president is on a call with, with uh, another foreign leader, uh, as we all now know, there are other people, sometimes many other people on sure. the line listening in. Uh, among these people are the transcribers, uh, staff, various staff members, multiple staff members who have in front of them a keyboard. Recording is not done. There's no audio recording of that call. 
It wasn't in the Obama administration. There isn't in the Trump administration. What you have are civil service employees uh, typing as fast as they furiously can to try to get everything. They don't get everything, so they put ellipses in places where, you know, something. And and then certain parties involved in that process are allowed to come back later and suggest edits. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman did exactly that. He said, hey, mm-hmm. you left two important things out. And it isn't clear whether those things were left out intentionally because they are damning uh, or if uh, the transcribers missed them. Either way, they were not in the report that went in. So it's not a complete transcript. It's referred to as a rough transcript. And that's how it was done. And that's how it's always been done in modern times. Yeah. And uh, so that's how this happens. Uh, There's been some suggestion that in some cases the ellipses we see in this rough transcript, if I have to say that extra syllable, <laughs> gosh, I'm tired. Uh, if, 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 if what we find in the ellipses, uh, a couple of those things, were they taken out intentionally or were they just somehow missed? Uh, mm-hmm. But there's some suspicion they were taken out intentionally yeah. because they were they were damning items. And these are all things we've learned in the testimony that's been unsealed this week. I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if it's not a, an actual transcript, did the words do us a favor, though, actually exist? Yes. Or yes, is that a yes. paraphrase in by the no, transcription if in, person? If, if, it, if it's in quotes, that's what was okay. said. All right. And sometimes these note takers, these people who are typing furiously, will later, after they've completed the call, uh, compare their notes to one another. I see. They, they have multiple people. And, and that way they can generally work up a more complete uh, document and they can agree upon uh, what was said. Uh, best two out of three wins, mm-hmm. probably in a, a situation like that. Right. Oh, and one more thing before we go to break here. Uh, apparently, we're just hearing now that Russia is teaming up with Trump on cybersecurity, and we're hearing yes. this not through the Trump White House, through mm-hmm. the Kremlin, and yeah. uh, not only the Kremlin, but the FSB, which is the uh, Russian equivalent to the uh, NSA. Right. And and this is coming from General Alexander Bortnikov. Oh, no. he's a yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> he's a, he's the best. Do you drink yeah. vodka with him? I do every time I, I do. Every yeah. time I'm in Moscow, uh, he said here we are maintaining working contacts by our experts and special unit heads with the Central Intelligence Agency, the FBI, and the DEA. Says General Alexander Bortnikov, noting that such contact should always occur, regardless of the foreign policy situation. Unfortunately, the White House does not seem to recognize that they are indeed continuing to attack us now in what Donald Trump believes is a hoax that didn't really occur. I reported on this in in my news, in fact, that uh, they were working together in spite of the fact that uh, Russia continues to cyber attack the United States. Yes, by all means, let's work with Russia on cybersecurity. (laughs) Jesus. That makes perfect. Let's let them see our notes. That makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to take one break. And then we, when we come back uh, after this last break in the show, we're going to talk about this terrifying uh, poll number, a set of poll numbers that came out through the New York <laughs> Times in these battleground states and see if we can't figure out where the... Uh, the ray of sunshine is in these numbers. I got it. I got I got sunshine in my pocket, Bob. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I have some too. So we'll talk about that right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Sure. 
This is a Cloud Party and my friend Jim Spees from Reading, PA. This is a song called Entertain Me from Praying for Rain. The name of the album. Link in the description, of course. Uh, we did a brand new indie music countdown on Sunday. Love so it. please go to uh, everywhere you uh, get your podcasts, where you get the Bob Seska Show and where you get the indie music countdown. It's on both channels, so you can find it in both places. So. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for listening to the Indie Music Countdown, supporting all of our independent musicians, too. Okay, Great. we got to get into this scary poll here before we wrap up for the day. Yes, um, we should. Yeah, yeah, because uh, this is showing a, a very tight race in places like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the usual suspects, Florida, Arizona. Uh, now, I'm glad to see Arizona now swing state, so that's good news, but North Carolina's in there, too. It's only got Biden uh, leading by three yeah. points over Trump in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. For, for those not familiar, this is uh, uh, this is a poll, uh, poll poll results on head-to-head races yeah. between Donald Trump and each separately of the uh, leading Democratic uh, presidential hopefuls. Right. So when Bob says it's a, it's close and scary in some places, this this is their standing. These are their standings in key battleground states. Right. And uh, these are the ones with which Trump can win. In the electoral college so that's kind of if there's importance to this poll that would be it yeah and that's the main thing i think we do ourselves a disservice if we're focusing too much on the national polls i think we need to focus on yes, true, the, the individual state level polls because we know donald trump is gaming the electoral college that's his uh, right. that's his above board strategy that's the <laughs> that's the strategy that he's using uh under normal circumstances everything else of course is nefarious and evil but as far as this goes I mean, we've got uh, even on the head-to-head matchup, Trump and Biden and Michigan, which is kind of terrifying. Pennsylvania, as I said, Biden's up three. Bernie Sanders up one. And uh, Trump and uh, Elizabeth Warren are dead even in Pennsylvania. Uh, Wisconsin, Biden's up three. Sanders is up two. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump dead even in Wisconsin. Uh, Florida, Biden up two. Trump up one against Sanders. And then Elizabeth Warren is uh, behind Donald Trump by four points. Arizona, Biden plus five. Trump plus one over Sanders. And Warren plus two over Donald Trump. So that's an interesting little thing to take away there. It is. It's quite dizzying to see these things. But what this tells us is it is a tight as fuck race when it comes to the swing states. And that's where Donald Trump At wins or moment. loses. Yeah. At the moment. At and, the and, moment. You know, people, people criticize polls. Polls have their place. And, and they are in my opinion, very well done and very accurate. Yeah. And especially when you look at an averaging of polls, uh, <clears throat> polls that, that, that are all coming up with similar, if not the same results. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tells me that what they're finding is true. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least an indication of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, are, but, but they are only a snapshot of that particular moment in time. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the things to remember here, I think, are, uh, one, uh, the presidential election is a year away, and we still have like 800 Democrats running for president. Mm. So, and 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 so, if, and things could change. I mean, yeah, Buttigieg seems to be on the move. Uh, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Whatever. He's 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 come up in the world. Uh, he's he's kind of in the. He's certainly in the top four now and uh, gaining quickly. So who who knows how this race is even going to shape up? No. Once a lot of these uh, candidates are eliminated, once we we shed some of these folks. Uh, you're going to see the numbers shift uh, because what we know now is that in in races in these same battleground states with generic candidates, Trump loses. Uh, and, and generic Democrats, uh, Trump loses. I, I think once these votes, Democratic votes, primary votes coagulate and we get down to just a few candidates, three or four, uh, that I, I think you're going to see. It's just too early with this many candidates yeah. to, to, to make that kind of assessment. And then the other factor is the impeachment that is about to play out on television and clips of which will air on social media. Uh, this thing is going to be all over the place and could be a game changer as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just way too early. Now, what's good about this poll, in my opinion, is that it makes Democrats nervous and it makes them realize the importance of this race and certainly the importance of these battleground states. But I think until we see impeachment play out over the next few weeks, I mean, over the holidays, folks, 
Uh, and and then, uh, you know, in addition to that, uh, waiting for the field to narrow, hopefully sooner, I think, than yeah. later in the Democratic field. Then let's talk about how Trump does in head-to-head races with these folks once uh, once supporters of one candidate mm-hmm. have found themselves forced to rally behind a different candidate. That's right. That's right. And there's another takeaway from this poll. And again, I hinted at it uh, earlier here is that Arizona is competitive. North Carolina is competitive within the margin of error. I think that's all good news uh, right. because normally, I mean, I don't think we've seen Arizona go blue in a long, long time. I can't remember the last time Arizona went blue. Uh, but meanwhile, there's a Emerson poll that came out recently, I would say within the past week or so, uh, showing Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, all defeating Donald Trump in Michigan, but handily by, I'm talking about upward of 14 points. Bernie Sanders beats Trump by 14 points. Joe Biden beats uh, Trump by 12 points. Elizabeth Warren beats Trump in Michigan by eight points in Arizona. Uh, Biden and Trump are tied. Warren and Trump tied. Trump beats Bernie Sanders by two points. That is a that has been a as I said a traditionally red state that looks like it could end up going blue. Meanwhile, in Nevada, according to the Emerson poll, uh, Sanders and Trump are tied. Uh, Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden by a couple of points. Donald Trump leading Elizabeth Warren by a couple of points. So uh, that seems weird to me. That seems like it might be an outlier because Nevada has traditionally, at least in the past, uh, I don't know, three or four elections gone blue. Uh, There's a lot of uh, Latino residents in Nevada who vote for Democrats. And uh, so I don't know if necessarily Necessarily that Nevada poll is particularly accurate, but at the same time, we got a brand new ABC News Washington Post poll, and I will emphasize the fact that this is a national poll. It just gives us a sense right. of what's going on. It doesn't necessarily right. tell us who's going to win, but right. uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren run strongest against the president nationally. Biden leading by 17 points over Trump, 56 to 39. Warren leads by 15 points, 55 to 40. Sanders by 14 points, 55 to 41. You need an argument for why we should go to a national popular vote to elect presidents? That's it right there. That is yeah. fucking it because... The, the people have spoken. Yeah. And and this is not the first time in modern history that Democrats yeah. have lost an election, uh, even winning the popular vote. And mm-hmm. this that's just nuts because I think a majority of Americans, I believe, uh, would support a popular vote over the Electoral College. That's I, right. I don't know, but that's my guess. <laughs> and, you know, the thing about polls, again, uh, pay attention to all of them would be my advice. Here's my advice on polls. Pay attention to all of them. Uh, give them a nod of respect, uh, make note of them, and then move on, realizing that they are just a snapshot in time. That's right. And uh, note also that state polls, like you mentioned, a, a Nevada poll, state polls we do know are not as reliable as uh, national polls or national polls that focus on the background states, nationally conducted polls that focus on the uh, battleground states. Uh, that's fine, but but if it's like uh, uh, you know your your local community college is doing a poll or something, uh, it's not going to be nearly as accurate. Uh, and some of these smaller organizations that do them at the state level, so you can you can look askance at the the state level polls, but national polls uh, do make note of and take them also with a grain of salt. Yeah, but, but yeah, I was just going to say that myself. Take them with a grain of don't, salt. Yeah. Don't don't discredit them or or say it's you know it's all garbage because voodoo it's not. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, make note of it, give it its due, and uh, then take a grain of salt and move on. I think the the assumption, the fair assumption to, to proceed with throughout the next year now is going to be to assume that we are in the fight of our lives. We are in a fight oh. to, to preserve the republic, to preserve the constitution, to prevent the takeover by a, a dictator who is... Uh, You know, every day that goes by, he's finding ways to increase his power, increase his uh, increase his influence over a population of 60 million voters, something along those lines, give or take. Uh, So the election means everything. And and the best way to approach all of this is to just take, as you said, take the polls with a grain of salt and to as to, to to vote as if you're you're bleeding in the. (laughs) <laughs> Your very and, life depends on the uh, and, outcome of the election. 
And by limiting yourself to just that grain of salt, you lower your blood pressure. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. I know. I could use that myself. Uh, yeah, by the way, 64% of Americans say their financial situation has not gotten better under Trump. That's that's bad news for Trump, for sure. 50, uh, 53% of Americans disapprove of the, the job Trump is doing as president. Uh, 49% of voters want Trump impeached and removed from office. 4% say he should be impeached but not removed. Okay. 41% uh, oppose impeaching Trump. That's a Fox News poll, which Trump hates, by the way. <laughs> he was uh, very clear about that the other day. All right, uh, Buzz Burbank news and comment every Thursday. It's the best hour of news you're going to get all damn week. Go to buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com, everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all the rest. Buzz Burbank news and comment on Thursday, featuring a little teeny tiny commentary by me each and every Always week. Always great. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com. We've got brand new shows from uh, Dana Goldberg, John Fugelsang, Jody Hamilton, Stephanie Miller, and so much more. That's at sexyliberal.com, including this show, too, by the way. Um, and I don't know what else. What else do I have to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Postmortem show coming up next. Lots yeah. more to talk about. We're going to get into Tom Steyer here, a little fracas happening in uh, South Carolina between him and Kamala Harris. Uh, plus uh, news on Donald Trump's tax returns. He lost again. Too bad. Yep. So sorry for Bill. That's uh, Bob, Bob, BobSeskaShow.com. Please subscribe. $5 a month will get you the postmortem show. All right, that's it. We made it, say Buzz. It. it worked. Send money. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Send money. <laughs> Take care, folks. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Lee Papa, host of AGD Podcast with the Rude Pundit. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show, where every week I talk about politics and interview funny, fascinating, and filthy people. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.